Cheers. Cheers. Our final <laughs> with our final episode of 2023. Uh yes, we're doing it. I I think I still have a fever. Oh no, Kaylee is struggling. <laughs> I'm a little struggling. I got influenza A, but like like basically whenever we recorded last time, I've been sick since then. I feel like this is a recurring theme on the show. But anyways, let's talk about Christmas. Christmas is coming up. What are we doing for Christmas? Oh, is it weird that I feel so conditioned to say like the holidays now? Like oh, I feel like yes. I can't say Christmas. Um, yeah. Which I... I don't know how I feel. Like I obviously want to respect people's different things, but it's just so weird. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just like shifted in the past like five years. Maybe yeah. it's part of like owning a company, just being cognizant of that. But um, we are going to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for sports ball games. Oh, um, so we're that's going what's to, taking you there. <clears throat> yeah. So Austin's family, major Pittsburgh fans. And it's like a fan, like 10 of us are going um, we're going to a Penguins uh, hockey game tomorrow night and then the Steelers Bengals game on Saturday. After that, we're going to Kentucky, which is where I'm from for the week. Nice. So very mobile holiday. Nice. What about you, Krista? Um, okay. Was that the question? I completely froze. So I missed the question, I think. Um, yes. What are you doing for Christmas? We are just staying here. We usually would go to Louisiana, um, but since Beck is still so tiny and doesn't have a shots and stuff, we're just going to hang in Austin. But we might, Kelly's parents live a, like an hour away, so we might head there for the day. Um, but yeah, other than that, just chilling, nothing, nothing crazy. Nice. I think I'm going nowhere for the holidays this year, which is good. How do you- I don't have it in me. You're I sick. Am, I'm yeah. sick. I'm not going anywhere. I really just want my mom and dad to make a really big dinner. And I wish we didn't have to do presents, but that's another discussion. I really just want oh Thanksgiving 2.0. I totally agree with you. I don't yeah. know what it is. Like, I think there are a couple personal themes that are contributing to this. Like, I've been decluttering big time over the past few months. And just something about more stuff makes me really anxious, like more stuff to clean, maintain, put away, see out in the apartment and stress me out. I'm like, you know how they say your physical environment really affects your mental state. I'm for sure that person. But also it's like, I genuinely don't need anything. And I think that that's like a good thing, like a privilege. And I think that there's just so much like pressure (laughs) to just not only buy other people's stuff, but then come up with things for people to buy you. I'm like, I books, like gift cards. Like, I don't know. Yeah. That I'll always accept books, but I, uh, do you all follow Elise Myers on Instagram? Who she is? I I see her stuff all the time, but I, yeah. yeah. She's funny. She posted this video the other day and she was like, here's an idea. And the way she says stuff is like always so brilliant. So I definitely will send it to you all because her like intonations are great. But she was like, here's an idea let's buy our own gifts and then open them and be able to show people what we were like researching for like three months. And then we finally get to like open it and it becomes this like show and tell and like people learn more about you and there's no stress because you just buy your own gift. I like that. That sounds brilliant. I know. Right. I like that. Yeah. I, I want to stop doing 
It's a giving each other presents thing. It's silly. It's the meal I I love the most. Yeah. I just want to eat. That's it. That's why like Kelly and I never get each other Christmas presents or really birthday presents even. Like we always either just take a trip or we go to like a really nice dinner and just like go crazy. Um, What? What's your of the like tradition of you guys doing that? Do you have a standout one of like you took a really good trip or something that you really enjoyed? Mm, I mean, anytime we go to New York, it's always fun. That's where we've been the most around Christmas. Um, yeah, I'd have to say that. Or I don't know. We also went to Bend, Oregon once and uh, I fell in love with it there. Um because I, I wasn't really expecting to. So I think I would throw that one in there too. Nice. I like that. Yeah. Sorry, can you hear Franklin? He's like going insane. That's something yeah. in the background. I don't know. Something that Austin and I do is we'll like pick out one big item and like send it to each other. It's actually just like same amount of money we would have spent on ourselves. So we like <clears throat> give it to each other. I'm like, all right, this is fine. At least I know it's something that you need. So what was last year? Um, last year, see this, I don't even, I don't know, a new coat, something I was eyeing at anthropology for a while that like, I probably would have never bought for myself, but like the thing I bought for him was the same amount of money. (laughs) So it just like felt different to like give it to each other. But I also, I have a follow-up question related to Christmas presents for you, Allie. So I've seen on your shelf behind you that Austin has a display of Godzilla's. Yes. Oh my so gosh, as yes. somebody who is like very uh, sensitive to stuff and things being out on display, how do you balance that? Because he likes to have his stuff and things on the shelf. He was, he is, and was like a very. Um, he's okay, so he's very specific and intentional about what he has. Like he's not like he doesn't have an overabundance of things, but he likes to like see everything. I think we talked about this on another episode. Yeah. So that was definitely something we had to calibrate when we moved in together was like, no, we don't need everything in our bathroom on the bathroom counter. Like there's a bathroom cabinet. We put things away. Um, yeah. So he had his like collectibles. He's like a major Godzilla fan and a Rocky fan, which I don't know. I've never had like that thing in my life. Like, I don't know if you'd call it a hobby or a like an interest or like a collectible thing. So I, I do respect it. I think it's really cool. And it makes gift giving easier. Um, but yeah, we had to like negotiate the location of his collectibles. So they're in my office out of the public eye. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. <laughs> hiding, hiding behind the store. Gotcha. But they're still available. So nice. Good compromise. Um, okay. So what have we learned lately and what questions does it raise? I let's start with new year's resolutions. I don't know who put this in there, but it's, um, I put this in here. I'm curious how y'all feel about them. I feel like they're very, um, polarizing people either really are into them or they're really not. How do y'all feel? Mm. (laughs) I don't like it. I'm not big on it. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not good at it. I feel like it creates a lot of pressure. pressure. Yeah. Like weird pressure. Um, I don't know. It's like, you don't know what your year is going to be like. How do how can you decide a resolution for the whole year? (laughs) I don't know. I just, I don't like them either. I don't like it. 
I do. I love a fresh start. Like I love Mondays. I love like new months. Um, even like the beginning of a new day, like writing your new to-do list or whatever, but it's the like, okay, go feeling of it. That's like, I'm going to fall trip and fall like five days, probably. Right. And so like, it's the, um, yeah, the pressure element. I usually start, like, if I know what I want to change about my new year, I usually start trying in like October, um, or November to like build the habit. And that way in like Jan one, it's like already ingrained. And then it's like, cool. Like now it's a new year, fresh energy to apply to this habit that I've already built. Um, Improv was a New Year's resolution, but I like made the commitment in like December, like early December. I booked the class, um, but no, I typically don't. Yeah, I, don't I feel like patients. the uh, I feel like the January one start date is kind of silly too. If you want to do something differently or build a new habit, like just do it today, just do it now. Don't don't wait because again, that's more pressure. It's like oh, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it, but I'm going to do it, and then the day comes and you're like, oh, it's like just do it. Just do it. I do. January like is also I, like depressing. Oh, <laughs> January as a month is like depressing. Yeah. So it's like, where are you going to full, like pull that energy from to create a whole new habit and have like the um, discipline and the energy to see it through? Just That's such a good point. Possible. Yeah. Yeah. Like January is not motivating at all. It's not. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. But if you um, already have the habit built and you have nothing else going on, you might as well just continue forward. Yeah, I guess you're right. I like you, Allie. I do love the idea of a fresh start. So I like that. Um, and I guess I, I've heard of people who maybe will like set an intention for the year or like a word that they want to like focus on. Like, I don't know. I can't think of any words, but like just setting like an intention for the year. I think I can get a little bit more on board with that versus like a very specific strict uh, resolution. Yeah. But I've never done that either. (laughs) I don't know. Looking back for this year, do you all have like a word that maybe you were unintentionally following as like a North Star? Oh my God. (laughs) Mine would be like, rest who who are you as a person (laughs) what are you doing with your life identity yeah let's tip over the cart and start over (laughs) that was mine still is mine Allie did you Krista um yeah again I don't think I even realized it until maybe a couple months ago but I think mine was like discomfort like getting comfortable being uncomfortable in what way I think well, improv for sure. Um, like I started to crave that feeling of like, this is fucking bonkers that I'm doing this. And five years ago, I would have not even considered it, but like I survived kind of thing. Cause I, I think I just didn't ever even tiptoe toward that until a couple years ago. So I don't know. Yeah. Between improv and the business and social settings and travel and like personal growth, I think I definitely at least stopped. I stepped out of my comfort zone more than ever before, but I didn't realize that's what I was doing until, I don't know, a couple months ago, maybe. Yeah. Allie, I see that you put on here, you're thinking more in terms of like resolutions for your thirties. I want to hear more Uh about this. Yeah. Well, I I definitely want to hear from you all too. I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, yeah, I think like, I mean, I turned 30 in April 
And there's a part of me that's like, it's, I can't believe it. Like I remember the other day I was looking at um, like facials or something to get at my favorite med spa. And I was looking at the BBL laser. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of that or seen that or had friends that have done it. And the, the description was like, you know, you don't really need to start this until you're in your thirties. And like, I had this gut reaction. I was like, oh, I'll have a few years. <laughs> and uh, I was like, nope. Like, you know how like, you're innately like probably three or four years younger than who you really are just like mentally or I don't know. Um, yeah. So it hit me. I was like, that is next year. I'll be in my thirties. Uh, but then there's also, <laughs> I, know, I mean, it's not a huge deal. It's Welcome. just like, you know, it's a <laughs> chapter turning, but yeah, I've been thinking about like, I guess, intentions or like lessons I've learned and like that I want to set or reflect on moving into my 30s. Um, again, I have to be careful with myself because otherwise I'll be like, oh, the thir- like April 21st, everything needs to be different. You know, like I don't want to have that energy. Um, but I don't know. There's some stuff I wrote down, like this notion of sailing versus rowing. Like I feel like your twenties are spent kind of figuring out like what direction am I going in? How am I going to get there? Like, what does my boat look like? Like who's on my boat? Who's my crew? Who's my family? And then I don't know, in your thirties, I've heard that it kind of just, you sit back and you really enjoy it. And you obviously like continue to row when necessary, but you mostly like let the tide take you because you put so much time and energy into like, ideally choosing the, like charting the course generally that you'll take. And I think I just try to control so much. I try to like impatiently move faster than I need to. And I think just putting the oars down and like letting, just sailing it out a little bit, like just chilling is definitely something I want to do. Um, something else that hit me too was this notion of like, stop waiting, which seems contradictory, but I mean, stop waiting for like this life to like begin. Like I think in my twenties, Definitely in my early 20s, every decision I made was in service of this like future self. You know, and you have to, right? Groundwork of education, making sure you're financially at least getting independent. And I just, every decision up until probably like 27, 28, even I was like, one day, like this is for one day. And I just, I think I missed out on a lot. Um, so now I'm like, this is it. This is life. Like I'm living in my future nostalgia and I need to like, own that kind of thing. Um, the last thing I wrote down was this notion of like kind versus nice. I am way too nice in a way that's like self-abandoning. <laughs> so I think I want to do more honesty and kindness and stuff. Oh, well, I mean, you wrote down this like chameleon problem, just like adapting to whoever you're around. Like I, yes. I don't call people out when they hurt me. I don't challenge people when I think they could do better. Uh, I don't speak up, you know, I'm just, I'm too nice. And it's like fake, basically. Like I'm being fake to myself and others and kindness. You can still do that just through being honest. And yes. I don't know. Sounds yeah. so easy. Sounds so easy, right? Should be, I don't right? Know. <laughs> it's got to be a people pleaser thing. I've been a people pleaser my whole life. And I think that that's where that chameleon problem comes from. But I started going to a new therapist to few weeks ago or months ago. I don't know if time is irrelevant now. Um, but she's like a Carl Jung specializing therapist where I've been doing CBT for years, like just the cognitive behavioral therapy, which is like, what's the problem right now? How can we work through it? And this new woman is like, like, tell me about yourself. And then she like 
why, like, why, why is your body language shifting right now? And it's very interesting. It's very, uh, tough because it's basically like, who are you? Who are you as a person? And why are you doing the things that you're doing that are not helping you? And so a big thing that keeps coming up for me is number one, I have a lot of anger. I have a lot of anger and I have this problem where I swing from, I don't say anything at all to, I am so fucking furious. There's no in between. She's like the middle. She's like zero is here. A hundred is here. Between those two extremes is assertion. That's you asserting and being confident and respectful and still asking for what you need. And you're not able to do that. You only do one or the other. And so it's so funny too, because this keeps coming up in the most random of ways, like Zoltar. I went and put a dollar in the Zoltar machine and he said the same thing. I have a fortune cookie. All of this is in my grimoire too. So I have a record because I've been saving my little scraps of paper and putting it in the book. And it said the same thing too, about how you're quick to anger. And so I'm like, okay, the universe is telling me like, I really need to work on this. And I think part of, I think part of the anger is from the chameleon problem. Cause it's like, I don't even know who I really am. I'm just trying to be who everybody else wants me to be. And if somebody gives me a piece of feedback about how they see me or who they think I am, I immediately always believe it instead of being like, "Mm, I don't think that's true or that doesn't align with how I see myself. I'm just like, oh my God, it must be true. And so now I'm like having to rewire my brain to stop doing that. And it's hard. I am so similar to you. I am also very quick to anger. Austin's called me out for it quite a bit. Um, and I'm like, I don't know. I just, it just happens. I feel like I don't find, I don't, I don't know how to find the in between. I don't feel like I'm licensed to, uh, or I was ever taught to. So. So what do you do about the chameleon problem? Have you found anything or he's just work in progress trying to be mindful of it? I think the thing I've noticed the most of this year is like, I didn't recognize the sound of my own like intuition. And I think like, this is also something I'm talking about in therapy. It's just like, this can be a whole other episode. I think for me personally, growing up in the church and being educated that like you are fundamentally wrong, like there is something broken in you, which the dialogue is not necessarily a negative, right? It's just like how the, I don't know, the zeitgeist of the church is, right? Like you need God. But I've always been so logical, so not black and white. I just feel like I think in like very logical ways, even when I was younger and I'm like me wrong all the time. Like that's just how it like settled inside of me. And it just carried into this, I don't know, my twenties. So now I'm like rewiring and I'm like, there's nothing wrong with me. My voice is valid, not perfect, but like I am fine the way that I am. So part of it for me this year was just like figuring out like, what does my gut sound like? Because usually Someone would give me feedback that I would disagree with, like you said, and I wouldn't even think to question it. Like, surely it's true. Now the little voice is like, just take a second. Think about it. You know, it's not, I don't have a strong grasp on that yet, but it's like starting to let my, let myself question things that I otherwise wouldn't. Not outwardly. I don't have the courage for that yet, but inside. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a sensitive thing. I don't know. It's tough. Krista, you said you're reading a book called Sensitive. Should we hop to that? Is that related? <clears throat> um, yeah, it is. Well, so I'm reading Quiet, which is about introversion, and then very similarly, Sensitive. They're 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 kind of very similar. Um, but Sensitive is about like people who um, wait, what's it called? 
It's like hypersensitive people, um, HSPs. And I find it more interesting than um, like the book about introversion, just because it's like they are very different. And I feel like I've I've harped so much on like introversion as a concept, but really a lot of it draws back to like being sensitive. Um, I don't know. It's yeah, it's a very interesting concept. We can talk about it a little more later when we get to that section, I guess. Where do you have anything to add to this conversation about like mm. this problem? <laughs> anything? Are you a chameleon? <laughs> I mean, it's also something that I've been working on in therapy um, for sure. And it, mine is more, it's less about um, like, like changing who I am necessarily. It's more about um, giving up my needs to fit other people's needs from me, I think. Um, so similar, but different. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I was going to say when I saw this on the sheet that it's 100% a people pleaser thing. Um potentially even like a little bit codependent, I think. Um, but yeah, I I would have to imagine most people struggle with this, at least to some degree. Yeah. My therapist told me I need to cultivate my queen energy, which is basically like, hey, bitch, stop letting everybody else tell you who you are. Like, who are you? Figure it out and then be okay with it and own it and stop. Like, I don't know. My whole life I've been like, who do you need me to be? Just tell me and I'll do it. Like that's me in a nutshell. And I got to stop doing that because it's not helpful. It's not helpful. Do you think it comes from a place of like a ban- like fear of abandonment? Or like what, what are you scared of that would happen if they didn't accept you the way that you are? That's a good question. I think for me, it's, it's probably a control thing. It's probably a, if I can bend reality in this situation and be whoever I need to be, then I can maintain control. And of course that's an illusion anyways. Um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that it's abandonment though. I don't know that that's my thing. I don't know that that's ever been a recurring theme for me because my life is very like, it's very abundance heavy. It's not very scarcity driven or anything like that, but it is more, it's like a fear of intimacy. It's like a fear of don't get too close because I'm afraid you might not like what you see. It's You're more such of a that. four. Uh, yeah, is that a four thing? <laughs> yeah, I need to take that quiz. I I need to not I to took like it once, but I don't remember. It. Obviously, yeah. it's not gospel, but like it's very in line with that. Yeah. So. Yeah, mine's mine's an abandonment trigger for sure. Is it really? Which makes no sense. Like I I can't track it. I mean, I think I the first time I remember doing the chameleon thing is in high school. I just think I felt pressure to like have friends and be accepted. And then it really, really got out of control. Uh, so yeah, I think that's mine. It's a, it's a girl thing too. It's a girl thing too, because like, that's what my therapist keeps saying too. At the age of eight, uh, when you ask little girls what their favorite color is, they're like, Oh, I can tell you, I can tell you. And then after eight, you ask them again and they're like, I don't know. What's your favorite color? Because they want to hear your response first. And it's yeah. like, oh, God, that's terrible. It is so weird. I the feel people like Because girls are yeah. taught to people, please. Yeah. But also, like, I feel like girls are taught to be such, like, pack animals. Like, 
like make sure you're accepted, be with your friends, like blah, 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 which I don't even remember being told that nothing was ever told to me explicitly. I'm not hearing someone's voice in my head. It's just like so subconscious and like built into our like societal fabric. I don't know. It makes it more frustrating. Anyways, heavy stuff. (laughs) Just a little, just a little therapy talk. Um, (laughs) Is there anything you guys bought this year or that you, a practice you started or anything you did that you think was like the best thing you did this past year? Do you have a thing? Like, did you start an exercise class? Did you start a new hobby? Did you embark on a something? It came to me. Um, well, improv always, it's just like the theme of my life now. Um, but also I started yoga for the first time Mm. ever. Um, just like YouTube yoga in January and it's like so cozy and perfect at home and, um, definitely something that's changed a lot for me. It's very meditative. So those two things stand out. Yeah. I think mine would be, um, in October or September, I started drum lessons and I had to stop because of the baby, um, but I'm picking back up next month. So they were private lessons, and now she moved me to like a group class. Um, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, this is a, is a music school in Austin that is specifically for queer women. So I'll be in a class, just, I don't know, a bunch of lesbians banging away on the drums. What could, <laughs> what could go wrong, I guess? I think we found our episode title. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, I'm excited. At first, I was not into the idea of the group class, but I think it'll be, it'll just be nice to meet some new people and to like, I was having fun with it and I was bummed that I had to stop. So I'm excited. Good. That's good. I uh, got a membership to this thing called Inner Intellect and it's like salons in the French sense of the word where you get together and have a discussion about an interesting topic. I went to one of the in-person gatherings in New York a few weeks ago. It's just been really wonderful. It's kind of like dropping into cozy college. Like, like on a Tuesday night, you can hop into a discussion on stoicism. And, and I love it because then I go in there and I, I like fight with people. I don't fight with people, but I like to. Are you like, assertive? Well, <laughs> um, I'm, I feel like it's just like aggressively curious with my questions and stuff. Um, I don't know. It's been really interesting. It's been just good, good for my brain, makes my brain feel sparkly, really interesting conversations. Um, and it's, I mean, I can do it in my pajamas at home. It's so nice. I'm so glad I found it. So I'm going to keep doing that moving forward because it's been really, really good. I like it a lot. Can't say enough nice things. Um, okay. So what are we watching, reading, loving right now? Um, I mean, I put those books on there. So my therapist actually recommended Quiet by Susan Cain after we had been talking about um, the chameleon problem thing um, because a big part of mine is um, like suppressing all like that version of myself um, in service of making other people more comfortable and like trying to be more extroverted and stuff. And so she recommended this book all about introverts and um, how society would just be better if we embraced it a little more. Um, And then sensitive is very similar. Um, I just kind of saw that on Twitter. 
I saw it pop up and it looked really interesting. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, it's so nice to read these books because I guess I always think of these concepts in terms of like, almost like they're more emotional things and that I should be able to control them a little more or like, you know, I'm, if I'm being sensitive about something, like, why can't I just stop kind of thing? But it's been so interesting to read how it's literally just your brain. Like it's how your brain processes things and you are, you're just different in in that way. And like, um, there's like different types of sensitivity. So, um, yeah, I had never really looked into that before, but it's super interesting. So I recommend if you think that you are a highly sensitive person um, or introvert. There's so much room, I feel like, especially for our generation or folks around our age to just have like license to just be who they are. Like I just, I think that's probably what was the the biggest gap for me when I was younger is like, no, no one ever told me these things, but no one ever disputed them either. Uh, No one ever said like, it's okay period. (laughs) So it's like now I think these books and these like experiences with therapy and even like podcasts and listening to stuff is like, oh, you can do that. (laughs) You can think like that. And there's something wrong with you. Like, I just, I just love that so much. Yeah. Yeah. I've been feeling so seen reading these books and (laughs) in a way that I never really am. But yeah, I think it, it also goes back to Allie to just that thing of like, not trusting yourself. And maybe it is a thing where like we grew up in the church and we're told that we're always wrong about who we are. Um, but yeah, it is very, it feels very freeing for sure. Um, Allie, I see that you have Mad Men in here and I have been literally doing nothing but watching Mad Men since I got sick. I'm on season four. Okay. okay so I this haven't an, started it yet. This is an hour long show. I've done nothing but watch Don <laughs> Draper and Friends for the past week. I got to say, the show holds up. Um, it's everyone's terrible. Everyone's terrible. Um, and I, I tweeted about watching it. And so I was glad you put this in there because a couple of women replied and were like, I can't watch that anymore. It's too awful. It's, and it's I get indicative it. of the time. Like it's, it it's nothing more it is. than that, I know. in my opinion. And the sets are so beautiful. The costumes are so beautiful. It's so well done. Um, and it's like very, it's such a good, the writing is so good. It's so, like the character development is top notch. Even though they're awful, like it's great. Yeah. These are kind of my favorite shows though, where like, there's no clear hero. Like I, I love that they are all so complicated and dark. That's how and, Yellowstone is. Yeah, but then they all have redeeming qualities as well um, that make them yeah. still kind of lovable. Uh, I, I really enjoy shows like that. Yeah, I think once we get through Yellowstone, I'm like, I can only do one of the hour long like dramas at a time. I can do as many sitcoms as you want. But yeah, yeah, one at a time. So Yellowstone, we're almost through. David and Alex say that I'm like the Don Draper of the agency. So like oh. I've been told to watch the show multiple times, but I just have never. It's just one of those things like it's a commitment. Yeah, <laughs> and I just have never set aside is. the time. So that's why I said it's my watch for 2024, like Q1 wintery show. So yeah. I'll let you all know how it it's is. So have you never seen it before? You've seen it, right? 
I know the premise. My this was one of my ex's favorite shows, so it was like always on, but I never okay. like paid attention to like the storyline and I don't know progression of the. I'm yeah. so excited for you slash jealous of you to watch it for the first time. <laughs> how is New Girl going? Because I'm also yes, jealous that you're watching it for the first time. <laughs> it's good. It's I, I still I stand by everything I said last time. Um, I'm nearing the end of season three, but. Um, yeah, it's good. And I still, I just keep getting so surprised at how little I know about the show and what happens. That's never happened to me before. I know everything about every pop culture, everything. Um, so it's nice, kind of. I'm like, oh, I get to actually be surprised about things. But um, yeah, Allie, I hope that you like Mad Men. Keep me updated. I, all that I need you to know is that I would kill for anybody to call me the Don Draper of anything. So you should really? feel very- <laughs> Yes. Oh my God. That's probably, not a, that's probably not a good thing. I'm obsessed with Don Draper, but I maybe that's not a good thing. I don't know. TV. <laughs> well, they always say, like, I guess there's three main people for the agency. Like Richard, what's his face? Alex is like, that's me. And then the other guy is David, and then I'm Don Draper. I'm like, this means very little to me, but okay. It will soon. Yeah. All right. All right. It all cool. makes sense. Kaylee, what is when brains dream? Um, as part of that inner intellect group, there was a secret Santa. And so I asked for a couple of books about dreaming to try to get me to focus on my novels some more since that's not going very well <laughs> because I've been sick. There's always an excuse. Look at me go. Um, I just started it last night. It's basically it's nonfiction. It's a, it's a couple of scientists talking about the research that they've done on sleep and dreams. And, uh, I haven't learned anything yet from it, but hopefully it'll, it'll get a little, uh, juicier as I move on. But yeah, that's what I just started. So it's so funny that you put this on here. Cause like every time before we chat, I go to like Google trends just to see if there's anything that sticks out for me. Um, and there was this thing on Google Trends uh, called The Shape of Dreams, which is a visual exploration of Google searches for the interpretation of dreams. And they like, they worked with a visual artist to like create this visualization of, I actually haven't read like way into it, but there's like articles and like visualizations and stuff. I'll send it to you. It's very, very cool. That's cool. Um, yeah. Also, I realized I missed a question. The first question, which is, do you have any holiday traditions? I I do want to know this one. And I guess this is moving it. We'll make it a lightning round question. But like, do you have any, like, do you, is there cookies that you make? Is there a movie that you must watch? Anything? We usually put on uh, a Christmas story because it plays on repeat on TNT uh, on Christmas Day. So we'll put it on nice. mute. Um, I don't know. I don't, our Christmases have changed the last like five or six years a lot with me being married now. <laughs> so a lot of the stuff we used to do is like kind of taking a back seat. but I don't know, just be with family. It's the most constant right thing right now. Mine, I think all come before actual Christmas day. So like I'm really big. I like my house to look nice. Like I like to decorate it. Oh my God, it's doing a thumbs. Do y'all see the thumbs up? It's the yeah. uh, Apple f- camera thing. Oh, It'll do I, don't, it, like. I don't like it. I don't like it. No, it's um, <laughs> it did Stop the birth. It. it did the birthday balloons earlier too, out of nowhere again. Um, 
but yeah, decorations I think are huge. And then, um, movies. Like I, I feel like I tend to watch the same Christmas slash holiday movies every year. Um, but other than that, not really like no, no like food things or like day of things necessarily. Do you Kaylee? Mm, movies, of course, like a couple movies we got to watch every year. Um, but I also really like making sugar cookies. I think that's mine. I really like making sugar cookies. It's like the one time of year that I make them. What um, flour do you use? It's a blue and white bag of gluten-free flour. Is it King I, Arthur? I think so. But then I use the Betty Crocker sugar cookie mix. I have found that it is the superior gluten-free cookie mix. Really? Okay. I've tried yeah. different recipes with like coconut flour and it always changes the consistency and the taste. Yeah, they if get you, so dry. You have to like lean into the coconut a lot. Mm-hmm. So I have yet to master my own. You'll have to send me yours. Yeah. Yeah. So probably just making cookies. And I, I would like to do that. Maybe I'll do that this weekend or something. Um, but otherwise, yeah, not a whole lot. Pretty low key. Um, so this is an, this is the next lightning round question. And this is not related to the holidays or anything we've talked about. But I don't know why this popped into my head. But what's one of the weirdest or most uncomfortable things you've had to do as part of your job or for work? Like a situation that you got roped into that you were like, all right, I guess we're doing this today. <laughs> oh, God. I feel like mine has to be something in, from L.A., one of my L.A. jobs. But, God, I wish I could think of an example. Like, did you ever have to dress up as anything weird? Did you have to... Interview people on the street. (laughs) No, thank God. Um, No, I mean, I feel like, okay, I used to work on a show called Fantasy Factory, which was on MTV, and it was um, a Rob Dyrdek show. But basically the premise was just like, they go to work at his warehouse office and hijinks ensue. And so like, Every day was like some crazy thing. Like jackass. Producer. Kind of. Yeah. Just like all these weird activities that the producers had to come up with every day that we then had to help execute. Um, Wait a second. Were you there when he built the nook for his mom with the romance novels? Did you work there then? I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. God. <laughs> what about when he was with John Mayer and they both got velvet suits and took the older women out to make up for when he embarrassed his mom? I would remember a John Mayer situation. So, no, I was not there. Okay. All right. Done. Yeah. What about yeah. the fart tube he made for his dad's pants? <laughs> I did not know you were such a These are deep cuts. I know. <laughs> it was such a funny show. I, oh I never not watched, watched the show. So, okay. Yeah. Well, never mind yeah. then. <laughs> the, did you guys ever watch all- Ridiculousness with him? Yes. <laughs> I worked on that show as well. Really? I love that yeah. show. I guess one weird thing I had to do for Ridiculousness is my first day on the job, one of the hosts was late because Chanel, there was some situation. And so I had to like drive an hour and a half to go pick her up from her apartment and then drive her back to the studio in my little nasty Honda Civic. <laughs> and it was so <laughs> embarrassing. 
uh, and having to like make small talk with this like for oh no she like, does not oh, seem like a down to earth person at all no she yeah <laughs> she's exactly what she seems like and it was torture small talk hell um, oh man yeah it's brutal that is my nightmare what about you Allie Ugh, I don't know I've a. Uh, I've never, I've always had the kind of job I have now. So I have never like really had to do anything crazy. I don't know. What comes to mind is definitely firing somebody. Oh, <laughs> As like yeah. the most uncomfortable, the most draining, awful. Uh, yeah, it's not, would not recommend. So that's probably the worst. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. I, so I worked at a nonprofit as soon as I graduated college and, uh, there was this store next to target in town and it was supposed, it was this like new shiny store and it was, (laughs) it it was basically like a glorified Gordman's if you know what Gordman's is or like JC Penney's, but like they tried to make it fancy. It was like a standalone store. Anyways, this guy was like very shady who opened the store. Anyways, they were like, there was a catwalk in the middle of the store and they had fashion shows. And so they did a, uh, like a local charity fashion show. And so I got roped into this fashion show with like the radio DJs and stuff, but it's in the middle of this fucking Gordman's ass store where they're selling like Christmas trees and picture frames. And oh my God, it was just the most awkward and they were, it was like club vibes in there. Like oh they really God. had it going, but it just was such a hilarious situation. Absolutely not. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, do I really have to do this? And my boss was like, you're doing it. And I was like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Don't miss that. I don't no. miss that. I think now my thing would just be, and this is not uncomfortable for most people, but any sort of like work webinar or work <laughs> podcast. podcast I've started I've started saying no like yeah like there's been which I'm gonna explore a little bit I think this year of like why I feel the need to say no because I've turned down some like really cool podcast opportunities or like companies have asked me to do webinars about AI and I'm just like no like I will be sick over it um, oh. but it's like sucks. Cause some of the stuff I would like to say yes to. Um, and then sometimes I feel bad cause people are like, do you want to be on my podcast? And I'm just like, I'm so sorry, but I don't, um, you know, the worst part about those is the lead up. It's yeah. not that for me, it's not the actual event. Like if someone asked me to do a webinar, like in 30 minutes, I'd be like, sure. Like whatever, we'll figure it out. But <laughs> oh if it's my like God, three weeks. Not for me, because it's like nobody has any expectation of you being prepared. Three weeks from now, you have three weeks to prepare. It needs to be even better. It needs to be perfect. And I'm like, oh I, this my will, God. I will think about this every single day for three weeks. Whereas if it's in 30 really? minutes, yeah. I'm like, I'll figure something out. That's my twist of logic. <laughs> Both of those are nightmare scenarios to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I just like, I just have a hard time with work, I think it's a weird like performance or like confidence thing of like, I'm scared. I'm people are going to say, I don't know what I'm talking about or something or say that I'm wrong. I don't know what it is necessarily, but like, 
I just, my brain does not connect my mouth when it comes to work stuff. Um, but I, I don't know. I'm going to look into that a little more. I feel like maybe that's something I can fix. Yeah. I saw a post Exposure. about that the other day. I'll send it to you. It's like the more at, like public you make yourself, it opens yourself up for more like potential to critique. But in doing so, you might like miss out on a lot of interesting opportunities. Yeah. Um, it sucks. I think way. the thing to remember too, and maybe this is why it's become a little bit easier for me, is that I think even when we do those webinars and stuff, like 99% of the people aren't paying attention anyways. They like don't want to be there. They don't really care. And so it's like the stakes are low. Like people are scrolling their phones while they're watching this. They're, you know, they have other tabs open. They're only half listening anyways. So right. that is I'm just like noise. Yeah. yeah. Nobody ever cares to- about you as much as like you think of course yeah 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 so what is one thing you're looking forward to in 2024 anyone got anything are we all just like oh it'll get here when it gets here i turning 30 yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be good i love turning 30 i'm excited for you (laughs) i don't remember 30 I don't remember. Krista, what'd you do when you turned 30? Why was it good? I just was very excited to turn 30. I, Allie, I think I was the opposite of you in that my 20s were spent in sailing mode. And I just kind of went where the wind took me. I didn't really think about my future at all. I just, I just didn't. Um, And then as I inched closer to my 30s, I was like, actually, I want to think about this kind of stuff now and I want to have more direction. And so I feel like my thirties have been the opposite. I've been, um, what was the other one that you said? Rowing mode. Uh, yeah, I've been rowing in my thirties. Um, but I was excited about it. I don't know. I just like felt I've, I'd always heard that your thirties are when you get a little bit more settled and like things start to make a little more sense. And I think that has mostly been true of my thirties. Um, but yeah, What is that face? Me? Allie. Allie? Me? Allie. I was looking you're at like, you. Kaylee is like, your turn. Oh, were you waiting for my advice? Yeah. 20s um, versus 30s. Give me everything. Jeez. My 20s, I worked a lot. My early 30s, I worked a lot. I'm just now getting to the point where I'm like, ooh, maybe I should put those oars down. Um. So yeah, I went hard, nonstop, like super responsible, super saver mode, very very, very financially responsible all through my 20s. And now I'm like, Jesus, maybe I just want to spend some money. I've been responsible to a fault. Um, And I I have some regrets about that. Like, I there are a lot of things that I didn't do that I probably could have, should have, would have done if I would have chilled out a little bit. And so, again, it's striking that balance of like, not going too hard in one direction, which I always tend to do. I'm not good at moderation. And so now I'm trying to find moderation in my mid thirties. What are you guys looking forward to next year then? Ooh, Krista, do you have anything top of mind that you're looking forward to? I just want to learn to play the drums. I just want next year to be chill. I just want to bang on my drums. I just want to learn a Frank Sinatra song and 
that's what I'm looking forward to, I guess. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> I don't know what mine is. Of course, I should probably say finishing this book, but I don't want to set myself up for disappointment, so I won't. Um, I don't know. I I want to travel. I want to travel, even though it's exhausting and planes are disgusting and I always get sick anytime I travel, even if I wear a mask. I want to, I want to go do some things that's not work-related. That's been my problem is that I always try to tie everything back to an article that I'm working on or a client project or something. It's like, just go on vacation. I want to go on vacation. Oh, hey, then you can being- write it off. <laughs> I know that. See, that's the thing. I was like, oh, well, if it's work related, then I can write it off. But I'm like, no, you need to go on vacation with no strings attached where you don't owe anybody anything at the end of it. So that's my goal. You at least have one one vacation on the books in April. Ellie's birthday party. TBD on details. I don't know yet. Great. Stay tuned, listeners. <laughs> Everyone's invited. You're all Everyone's invited. invited. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Please say yes. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else we should talk about? We worked through our list pretty fast today. Happy 2023, y'all. Yeah. Y'all. Y'all. I said it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> it sounded natural. All right. Well, I guess this is our last one of the year. So it is our bookend episode. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Cheers. Bye. Bye.